Welcome to Uplift, Inspiring Stories to Uplift the World. I am Gemma Serenity Gorokov, your host, and today we have an exceptional guest. Let's welcome Kyle Jetzel. Hi, how are you, Gemma? I'm doing good, thank you. How are you, Kyle? I'm doing good. <clears throat> so, Kyle sent me a message with a short version of his story that I really thought would be worse an actual episode. So let's dive right in. Can you please tell us a little bit about your story, Kyle? Yeah, so in October of 2021, uh, my wife of 30 years passed away suddenly, uh, leaving me with uh, six kids. Uh, my two middle sons are on the autism spectrum. And I, I knew... Um, I knew this could, we had worked hard to create a happy family. And my wife was obviously a huge, huge part of that. And so I knew that uh, this could cause irreparable damage to our family and to me and to my kids. And I knew that I did not want that. I wanted us to continue the work that she had started and I wanted us to thrive as a family. And so uh, I really made it my purpose at that point to dive in deep and create a world for my kids and have them help me really create a world where we could all thrive through the tragedy and continue to, to be happy and uh, buoyant and an inspiring family. Um, Cause that's the way we saw ourselves. Right. So that's, in a, in a nutshell, that's really kind of our story. Our goal ultimately was to continue to be a happy family because we, we've seen and we know that can destroy families, obviously. And so that was not going to happen to us. And I was pretty, I was pretty determined if, if at all possible, I was going to prevent that. Yeah, that's a, I mean, six children, two on the autism spectrum. <laughs> now mom is gone. Whoa. All right. So yeah, it's, it's, I mean, we only knew a handful of fathers who go through that experience with that many children. And, um, and it's really not easy. And that also means that through your grief, through mourning her, through loving her more than anything else, it's like, okay, and now I have to be a guide for my children to help them heal when I'm healing simultaneously. Is there any healing possible from losing your mother, especially when it is a good mother? I don't know. Yeah, and, and you know, I, I immediately, um, immediately I started studying. Okay. Yeah, and and that I think that helped me through the grieving process. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and two years later, I'm still grieving, right? And I, I'm not sure how long that may last forever, but I think one of the mistakes that many of us make is when we face a tragedy, we let the storm overwhelm us, and our minds start spinning into places where it's tough to escape, and so. Uh, raising two kids on the autism spectrum, I had faced some pretty serious challenges before we had as a family. And so I knew that 
the best thing for me to do was to really not wait until I felt better to get to work, right? I knew that I needed to get to work and start to create a plan for my family and for myself so we could face this challenge with uh, hope and faith and do it as a family. And so, you know, my oldest kids are almost in their 30s and my youngest are 15. I have 15-year-old twins. And so uh, they're all old enough to understand what, what was happening and understand that, and we talked about this, you know, there, this this does destroy families. This That's a possibility. Yes, it does. We have to consciously decide, you know, how we're going to write our story moving forward. And the best way to do that is to learn from others. We knew we, we weren't the only ones that this had ever happened to. And so a lot of people out there have, have written their stories and talked about the mistakes they made and the things they did right. And so we thought, why not find those folks that we can model and follow their, their behaviors and their processes. And ultimately I think the thing that was most important for us was having a plan and, and sitting down as a family and saying, okay, you know, we can go into mourning for a month or a year or six years or 10 years and we can spin out of control and we can let this become uh you know, our identifying factor, or we can say, you know, we're going to write out our plan and we're going to talk about how we want to approach this as a family, mm-hmm. how we want to mourn her uh, uh, with love and, and really remember the good parts about her. And, and certainly there's going to be tears and there's pain and suffering involved. Mm-hmm. That's only a small part of it, right? We, we feel blessed that we had uh, m- my wife and mom, we were married for 30 years. And that's that's a blessing, right? And so there's a lot of ways, there's a lot of ways you can look at tragedy, but we decided we were going to write the script of our own movie, right? And our movie Mm -hmm. was going to be a triumph over tragedy. And and that's really what we did as a family is sit down and talk about it, design our lives, how we're going to, how we're going to do this and really not let our emotions and our, uh, our minds spin out of control down down a, a bad path. So I'm going to ask you a very practical question. I understand that choosing to not let your mind spin out of control. I mean, I have gone through quite a few uh, grief and tragedy, but it's a more, it's a harder thing to do when you feel your mind going crazy. And, and and sending you signals and thoughts that are completely unhealthy and, and, and not even true. Right. How did you take back your own power on your mind and your thoughts so that you can actually handle that and be a guide for your children? What a great question. And and I'm it's interesting you say that because that was the, one of the very first things we did was we realized that it's natural for bad thoughts to enter and try mm-hmm. to, and, and it's hard to, to dispel those. Mm-hmm. And so we created a, a little strategy as a family and you can see on my wrist, I've got a little wristband. Yes, I see that. And on this wristband, you can't see it, but it says wait, W-A-I-T on there. Okay. And what that stands for is what am I thinking? What am I thinking? And that. what we did was we, we got these wristbands. All of our, all of my kids wear these. 
And what we want to do is consciously throughout the day say, what am I thinking? What am I thinking? And we want to catch ourselves in unproductive or unhealthy thoughts. Because if we can catch ourselves early in those unproductive or unhealthy thoughts, we have the choice to change them, right? We do. So, so if I if I have a dream about my wife and I wake up and I'm in pain and suffering, so which happens. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, it, at that point, I can say, what am I thinking? Well, I, I'm thinking unproductive, unhealthy thoughts that are going to lead me away from goodness and towards pain. What can I put in my mind now? What thoughts can I replace those with? And maybe those thoughts are just things about some memories of beautiful things that happened in our family or they're the thought of gratitude for having her for 30 years in our lives or how do we make her proud? So the idea is to catch yourself in those thoughts, right? What am I thinking? And say that constantly throughout the day so that you catch yourself because a lot of times our thoughts come and go without us really being conscious of them. And when the bad ones come in and they settle and they really start to grow we get ourselves in real trouble, right? Mm-hmm. And then we get uh, we get depressed and discouraged, and we go down a rabbit hole of pain. And so we, uh, as a family, we we had these wristbands created, and all my kids wear them, and we're very conscious of our thoughts, and we catch ourselves early, and try to replace those thoughts with better, more productive, uh, loving, happy thoughts that we know will lead us to goodness and kindness and love and, and those kind of things. And so for us, that was one of the very, very first things we did. And we, it, it was really neat to watch my kids. You know, the thing about kids is you can't tell them what to do. You have to invite them to do things with you. But really it was up to me to set the, uh, to really to set the stage and to show them that I could do it. Right. And really model that for them. And, and as I modeled that and watched them and they saw me, they're like, oh, dad can do it. I can do it. Right. And and really what it did was it created a world where um, there is a time to grieve. There is a time to mourn. But we have decided we're going to choose when that time is. OK. <laughs> and it doesn't need to be every day, all day long. You know, our my mom, our, our wife wouldn't, you know, Shelly, my wife wouldn't want that. She would want us to live happy buoyant lives. Yes. And so, you know, a big part of it for us was to really sit down and create that strategy wow. and really buy into it as a family and, and help each other through that process. So mm-hmm. I remember a few weeks ago, we lost one very, very loved one, a very, very precious being. And um, there was all those Christmas tree lightning ceremonies and all kind of things, super joyous. Like it's the most wonderful time of the year. It's like, yeah, really, no, it's not. Right. <laughs> and then, uh, and then we looked at each other with my husband, and we said, "Hmm, would that being really want us to stay home depressed, or would that being want us to go enjoy ourselves because it's the most yeah. wonderful time?" <laughs> of the year because it's so beautiful decorated with lights and and lightness and all kind of things it was like okay let's go even though we hurt yeah and i think it's important to identify that that those feelings are natural right that that those feelings are gonna happen it's not as if we can stop those feelings but a great way to manage those feelings is to say is to is to recognize what they are and, and grief and mourning is real, right? And pain mm-hmm. is real. 
It's mm-hmm. part of our lives, but it doesn't have to be uh, the anchor, right? It can, right. It can, it can really, I, I'll share a quick story with you. Right after my wife passed away, she passed away just prior to Thanksgiving, the Thanksgiving holiday. And so around that time too. Yeah. And so I, I, I remember I had to go to, to the grocery store to get a turkey yes. for Thanksgiving. Yeah. And I had never done that alone before. My wife, I had never even bought a turkey. That was something my wife did. And so I went to the grocery store and I'm searching for a turkey. And it's painful because I've never done it. She would have done it. I'm thinking all these things. And then I saw this really cute old couple holding hands and talking to each other. And I remember getting really mad because I wanted to grow old with my wife. I I wanted to smile. I wanted to be what they were with my wife. And I remember just tears flowing down my face of anger. Mm -hmm. And my head drooped and I looked down and my hands were balled up in fists. There was fury in me for seeing this cute old couple. And I thought, well, that's not healthy, right? I mean, and so immediately I just left my cart there and I, I went home and I said, you know what? I recognize what this is and I need to write a new script for what I'm going to do the next time I see an old couple, because that's going to be painful for me unless I address it. I know. And so I went home and I thought, you know what? Next time I see an old couple, I want to feel their love. I want their love to feel me. And how can I do that? Well, so the next time I went grocery shopping and I saw an old couple, I just wanted to stop and feel their love and watch them and know that I had that same kind of love with my wife. And then I approached them and I and I just said to them, "It's it makes me happy to see you guys so much in love." And you, their faces got yeah, were they got emotional? Yes. And, and one of the, the old lady, uh, she was really old. She said, come here. And she pulled me in close and she hugged me so tight. Aww. And I looked at her husband and his eyes were tearing up. Mm-hmm. And I thought, this is really how we should be. I should experience there. And so that became my new script. And now, you know, for the past two years, I've been, anytime I see an old couple that looks like they're in love, I, you know, I, I kind of, gently approach them and see if it seems okay. And if, if it seems okay, I'm going to tell them, I love that you guys are so in love. And and I've had such wonderful conversations with them. I've had a lot of hugs. We've shed a lot of tears together. And it's really, and I think that is what I need to experience. I don't need to be mad. I need to be happy for them and know that that is the kind of love that my wife and I had. And what that did is rewriting that script for myself allows me to uplift others and see others and, and and join in the love that they have, right? Instead of being angry and mad and frustrated and fe- feeling like this is not fair. How could, how could my wife not, you know, so there's, there's different ways we can approach things, but I think you're right. We have to, we have to see the, it for what it is. And we have to step away from those emotions a little bit and say, what can I do? What script? What do I want this to look like for myself? And then kind of pre-plan how we want to address those things in those moments. And then once we do that, we can decide to take painful things and make them joyous things, right? Or, 
And, and we can do that with a lot of stuff, but it takes a lot of thought. It takes a lot of what am I thinking? What am I thinking? Catching yourself in those moments and realizing we have a choice, mm. right? We mm. always have a choice. Maybe not initially, because initially I was just mad. I did not have a choice, but once I stepped away from it and said, okay, I want to have a better choice than to be mad, right? Yes. That was the opportunity for me to change that script and really move in the right direction. And I think that's really how we learn to face these tragedies in our lives and these difficulties is to say, you know, I didn't handle that well. I want to handle it well next time. What can I do? What steps can I take? Or what actions can I take that are going to put me in a state of love or kindness or compassion mm-hmm. so that I can face the world in an uplifted state and in, in a buoyant, happy state? That's beautiful. Wow. Okay, Kyle, that is indeed a really uplifting and inspiring stories. Yes, indeed, it hurts. But, you know, there is some balance between what hurts and what brings us joy. And it is our own responsibility, as you just taught us, to choose. Do we want to let ourselves down or do we want to uplift ourselves and others at the same time? And this is what we do with uplift, inspiring stories to uplift the world. Did it hurt? Yes, it did. You know what? Let's choose our answer. Beautiful. Right. Thank you, Kai. You're welcome. You're welcome. Well, all the information to reach out to you, to connect with you, to share love with you is in the description of this episode. And it's really an honor to have you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Gemma.